Hi everyone, welcome to HubShots episode 214. In this episode, we discuss having no privacy, plus using HubSpot to meet COVID guidelines, plus HubSpot in-app notifications. You're listening to Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot-focused podcast, where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks, features, and strategies for growing your marketing, sales, and service results. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? I'm well, Ian, and feeling exposed, actually. I'll come to that in a minute when my I realized I had no privacy at all. I'd love your feedback because... For those of you who have signed up to get notifications of the show notes, they get sent out every Friday, but currently they only have a summary of the post. And I'm wondering if any of our listeners would like the entire show notes come to them as an email. Because if you actually look at on our site, the show notes are pretty detailed. We have tons of screenshots, lots of stuff. If you'd like that in an email, could you just, uh, well... Drop us a note on LinkedIn, send us an email, reply to one of our notification emails. You'll have to sign up for it on the site first and let us know. Now, you might think, well, why don't you just provide it anyway, as I'll come to in shot five. (laughs) It's actually a little bit harder than it sounds, so we'll come to that. All right, Craig, our growth thought of the week is you have no privacy. All right, so I didn't realize this because I'm in calls with HubSpot, with the HubSpot team, I mean. And last week I was on a call uh, with a client and with uh, Nick Zenny, Nifty Nick. Hey, shout out to Nick. Nick had organized the meeting and sent the Zoom link. And so we joined. Nick was, uh, I got on there a bit early and with the client and we we're chatting away. Anyway, during the call, uh, one of the other people on the call, uh, not from HubSpot, but actually an outside consultant said, look, would it be okay if I recorded this call? He was asking everyone on the Zoom call. And Nick says, oh, no worries. This is automatically recorded. And we're like, what? He goes, oh yeah, no, the call's recorded. Can send you a copy afterwards. I'm like, oh. Anyway, this was news to me, but when you join a HubSpot call, there's this little thing. It's kind of as if someone's sitting there without their monitor on, and it just says HubSpot note taker. And I've seen this on calls before and I'm like, I wonder what that is. It's just muted. I just assume it was someone in the office that if they needed to, they could jump on the call. Anyway, that's some outside service. You'd heard of this. It's called Gong, I think. Gong.io. Gong.io. It analyzes calls and it gives people sales intelligence to how people are reacting on on the Zoom call. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, I had, um, maybe I'm the last person in the world to, to know about this because in hindsight, maybe it was kind of obvious, but I had no idea. Actually, no, I'm not the last person because the other people on the call were totally surprised as well. <laughs> anyway, so it's, it's, it records the entire call. And what's disconcerting about this is that it had been recording right from the start. There's no indication on the screen, you know, the normal Zoom recording. So that's not there. Correct. And it's been recording right from the start. So even before Nick from HubSpot joined the call, I was there chatting with the client. Luckily, nothing sensitive or well, not that we would anyway, but kind of assumed we were just chatting private. We were talking about personal stuff. And then, no, it's all been recorded. And so uh, there's this bit of a cold sweat goes through. I'm like, oh, how many HubSpot calls have I been on? Perhaps with my team, we've joined the call early or perhaps with clients. You kind of mentally race back going, what did I say? What did I say? I've got no... And it wouldn't have been anything bad, right? But it's sometimes there is just intelligence, things that you want to talk about privately, right? Anyway, that's all an intro to say you have no privacy. And I think this has been my default position for a while is that, look, you have no privacy. Someone's going to get it. But this is just a reminder to everyone, 
I think just take the default position that you have no privacy, Slack calls, email, Zoom, just about any tool you use, HubSpot, all your data's in there, sensitive deals, or just assume you have no privacy, regardless of all of these regulations and privacy uh, rules in California and European Union, all that kind of stuff. That's my default position. And just finally, if, you, if you've been following the congressional hearings recently, you saw how Facebook, all their emails from way back when they were acquiring or going after Instagram, also yes. Apple emails from way back when, all surfaced. I bet Correct. Mark Zuckerberg never thought they'd see the light of day, but there they are, all out for public consumption. I mean, what's your position, Ian? Do you kind of feel, do you feel you have any privacy? To be honest, Craig, no. And I've known this for a while. And I think it's becoming more and more apparent that, like it's more in people's faces, let's put it that way, that there is no privacy. You can, you can tell now very clearly, and this happens to me all the time. I talk to people and when we tell them what we do, they often go, hey, I was talking about this to my wife or my friend, and the next minute I, I'm on Facebook and I see an ad. I'm scrolling through the feed. And this happens all the time. This, this, but hang this on, that's, a- now you're getting into tinfoil hat territory here, which I'm not disagreeing with, by the way. So I know for a fact, look, and you know, as if you use a G Suite for your email or you're using Google Mail, you know, you just look at what happens now. It predicts everything that you're about to write. It pre-fills their name, you know, and like we said in the last episode, turn on HubSpot AI in your inbox to fill out details straight into CRM, pick up any actions. You know what? With stuff like that, there is a price essentially. And that's what we're seeing. I think that's right. Just a final comment because, uh, you know, my VA has full control of, well, a lot of my my life really. So I'm totally fine with that. But I think there's a difference between knowing that someone has access to your stuff and not knowing. And that's the thing. So the, the point, if you're an agency owner, HubSpot partner here, maybe that's potentially just a note. If you're ever joining a HubSpot call with your client, alert the client that it's probably being recorded and they haven't been asked for their permission. No one asked for our permission and no one notified us. So I think that's an important thing so that your clients don't feel unsettled by it. Just make sure it's it's very clear up front. Well said, Craig. I think someone made a good point this week when I was listening to something about the whole privacy, what that means to us and how we should embrace what's coming. And I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but when I do, I'll stick it in the show notes. All right, on to our marketing feature of the week, Craig. And this is to do with using HubSpot to help one of our clients who happens to be a home builder and they've got display homes in different locations. And now it's a requirement by law that they need to keep a track of who has been into the display homes. And it started off with a conversation of how do I create a QR code? I'm like, what are you doing with a QR code? Anyway, so it turned out to be, here's the QR code. And then we also need to know which location. So what they were trying to do is collect the data in a really simple and easy manner so that they could then keep a track because if they find out that someone has got the virus and they need to inform other people, they now have a register essentially. So this is basically about contact tracing, right? Exactly. So got QR codes for each location, built a really simple form, you know, first name, last name, email with their phone number so we can get in contact them with via email or a call, definitely a call because I think that's one of the first things that they do is call you. 
and also a consent of marketing if they want to. Now, what's interesting, out of this conversation ensued other things. It's like, hang on, what if that person has already spoken to us and they're already getting marketing from us? What if they've never actually converted with us. Maybe they visited the site. We might not know that, but maybe they've just been browsing, but they've never actually downloaded anything or interacted that we understand with. Then what do we do? So it was really interesting. It started with this really simple question and then went down this whole thing. Oh, what else can I show? Or it actually turned out to be interesting. It's like in the sales meeting, they were like, well, can I show how many people that inquired now have actually visited a display? I guess with more data, we're seeing more stuff here. But what we essentially did was implement this in HubSpot so that when people scanned the QR code, they got taken to a particular landing page, gave them the simple form. Now, out of that, we've created lists in the back end. And you'll see there's a there's a couple of lists. We've created a list with the overall list of people that have registered. Then we've split it by location. Then we've said, tell me the ones that have got no owner and have opted in and the ones that have no owner and haven't opted in and have maybe engaged with us at some time. So just trying to understand who these people are. And you know what? This is really interesting when you look at what's going on and how we can implement stuff. Now, the next part was, oh, how do we tell sales? And this is leading on to our HubSpot sales feature of the week. Just before you do that, can I ask you a question on this? So the reason for the QR code is because you want them to register on their own device. Is that right? Correct. As opposed to yes. having like an iPad sitting there where they That's type right. in. Right, because yeah. I've seen in uh, businesses, mainly they have like a pen and paper, you've got to write your note. But I, have, I actually haven't seen any where you can kind of sign in. And it's kind of obvious. I've wondered why it's not been there. But um, I think this is really good. This is a perfect example of it being implemented. Well done. And you know what? There was a really good blog post on the HubSpot blog about QR codes and how to set them up, which is what I actually shared with my client at the time when they said, how do I do this? What service do I use? You better put that in resource of the week as well. I'll have to put that in the resource of the week. And so listeners, the next part was one of the things was like, well, how do we notify if we know who that person is and they're already dealing with somebody in sales, how do we notify the person in sales that the person's been through the display? So what we did was we created a workflow and we decided and with sales, instead of getting another email, we'll send an in-app notification to sales to let them know that their customer or potential customer has been through the display. And maybe they get notified while they do it. So they could be in the display at the time and they might actually recognize that they've been notified that they're actually there and give them an opportunity to speak to them and see how things are going. So that was another little thing that came out of that that we implemented. That is really nice. I like that. On to our listener question of the week, Craig. Alrighty, a question from longtime listener and supporter of the show. This is Martin Bradle, and he's the CEO at Takeoff PR in Austria. Shout out to Austria. Uh, he often gives us a shout out <laughs> as well and talks about not having kangaroos in Austria, which we, of course... <laughs> have in Australia. We used to chat a bit on LinkedIn, but uh, sorry, Martin, I'm just so not on LinkedIn these days. I'm terrible at it. But email this in and we'll go through the question in a second. But I wanted to say we really like getting questions from listeners and there's been a few others. Actually, Martin's been good. And we've been conversing backwards forwards on the buyer journey and attribution tracking. Not so much questions, but him telling me things and we're chatting about that discussion. So it's been really good. And email, by the way, is the, the best format for me. I'm sorry, I'm behind on LinkedIn. So listeners, what you were going to say, Craig, 
If you want to ask a question, by all means, we'd love you to record a voice question and just attach it to an email and email it through to us. We would love to include that in the show if you don't mind. Yep, we'll feature on the show. Actually, well, do you want to read out Martin's question, Ian? Hi, Craig. You and Ian are really running the HubSpot Marathon. Awesome how much energy you are investing for all of us followers. For me, it is easy to stay on track with HubSpot. Just listen to 20 minutes on public transport to HubShots. Well, there you go. No, 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 I thanks, do, Martin. Yep. Thank you, Martin. I do have this question, and I think this is something other HubSpot CMS users are also care about. How important is Google's page insight speed? Is this the final device measure speed? We have tested the 20 top HubSpot partners, so the top tiers, and no one is doing well on Google insight speed. You and Ian are not the best performing there either. Should we ignore Google page speed insights? All right. So a really good question. And it probably follows on from last episode or an episode to when we were chatting about the new core web vitals that are turning up now in Google Search Console. And these metrics, well, they're available in Google PageSpeed Insights, which is what Martin's referring to. So I've got links to PageSpeed Insights. If you haven't seen it, it's a very simple Google tool. Google's good, actually. They're putting out a lot of tools, and these are very user-friendly. And so what you do is you stick in your website. I've got some screenshots here where we ran HubShots through the analyzer. Interestingly, when I put it in, I put it in as an HTTPS, but you'll see in the screenshot, it's taken the S out. I'm not sure why, but you'll even see the one I've requested. Anyway, that goes through and it gives you some metrics. Some of those first content for paid cumulative layout shift. These are the core web vital metrics things that we talked about. And you'll see hub shots on mobile is really bad. It gets 16 out of 100. It's a little bit better on desktop. We score a 67 there. But Martin's alluding to the fact that, that, yeah, it's a really bad score and a lot of sites score badly. So his question is, well, given that so many sites score badly and especially HubSpot hosted sites as well as WordPress hosted sites, should we not really worry about it? So it's a good question. It's a difficult one to answer, but let me give you a few comments. Firstly, the first thing I do whenever I use a comparison tool is I go and compare it with Amazon because we know Amazon is so focused on user experience that they will work incredibly hard to get as responsive site as possible. So that's the first kind of benchmark. I always chuck in Amazon and we've got some of them in the screenshot. So on mobile, amazon.com.au, the homepage, gets a 53. Admittedly, it's better than our 16, but it's lower than our 67 that we get on desktop. Amazon on desktop gets a 73. Go and check out the screenshots because you see some of those good Core Web Vitals stats coming through. So then given that Amazon doesn't perform particularly well, although better than us, admittedly, but they're not up in the 90s, the question really does become, well, is it worth doing? And so here's, well, this is just my opinion, interested in how, whether you agree or disagree, Anne, but I feel it's useful as a guide. So we always look at these and go, okay, is there anything obvious or a low-hanging fruit that we should fix? So if you do some of these things and you say, oh, you've got a four meg file on the homepage and it's really slowing it down, great. You should go and fix that. There's also other tools, and we've talked about this in other episodes, GT Metrics, WebPagePass, of course, Website Creator, HubSpot's own tool. Run through those as well. Good to run sites through a range of tools because some highlight different things which you can take action on. However, even though we scored so badly, 
the other thing I do is then just test myself. I go on my phone. We don't have particularly good internet here at home. And I test on desktop, test in incognito, so it's not cached. I run it and I check the response. And whereas um, Page Insights was saying 18 seconds before I could use the page on mobile, I know myself just on mobile, on average internet, it's actually responsive after a second or two. It's actually really quick. So it makes me dubious and I, I'm not exactly sure why they're so poor on Page Insights. So my summary is I don't get too caught up on it, especially when I see Amazon is also graded poorly but I do look for it into insights that I can easily fix, low-hanging fruit. What's been your experience, Ian? Similar experience, Craig. And one of the other tools I use in conjunction is GT Metrics, and I use that to test and keep a history of what's going on. So that's a really good tool to get started with. I know PageSpeed Insights can be difficult at times. And also, listeners... Take a note of this. It's called Page Speed Insights, not Website Speed Insights. And it's looking at a page. So you often put in your website that looks at the home page. Now, if you run that test on a different page, you will get a different answer. So just be aware of that. This does not apply to your site right across the board. And obviously, there are common components. There might be headers, footers that are common across the across the site, but it could be what is on the homepage. It could be running a really big video or something. So just be aware of that. So one of the things we do is like look at those top traffic pages and test the its page insights on those top trafficked pages to give it insight into how the speed is. And just like Craig said, test it yourself. Test it on your mobile device, test it on your desktop get your mother to test it and see how she feels because that's a good measure because if some people are to probably get a really young younger person to test it because they'll be really impatient and they'll go, that's too slow. So that's a really good measure because what you might be seeing, and I know on GT Metrics, you can set where the test takes place from. So often the test defaults to the US or to Canada and we specifically test, oh, okay, because we're just hosting a site here in Sydney and we want to test it in Sydney because that's where all our market is or in Australia. So that can make a big difference. We're not going across the Atlantic and coming back here. We're on, we're on the same continent. So just be aware of these things when we're talking about PageSpeed Insights and about how they're collecting the data because that's a really key thing in this whole process. All right, on to Hustle Gotcha of the Week, Craig. And now this is going back to those listeners. Would you like all the show notes in an email from us? And now Craig's going to explain how hard this is to do. All right. So just to recap, we want to send out a blog post that's posted on a HubSpot hosted blog. We want to send that out as the full post, all the content in an email. It's actually quite hard to set that up custom. So... Many people know that when you create a HubSpot blog, HubSpot in the background creates three emails for you, instant notification and, or daily, weekly and monthly. And that email, if you go into it, you can edit it and you can set a setting that says full post content. But that is only sent to the people that have subscribed using that blog subscribe widget. So normally that's on a sidebar. That's not our situation. We've actually got a whole list of HubShot subscribers that get the uh, notification. That's a custom email. It's not that uh, HubSpot created one. That does not have an option 
for the full email content. So then the question is, well, how do you actually make it happen? So I'm currently working on a little process for that. And I will, I will mention that in a future show if we can get it all working, but it basically involves finding that subscription setting on the contact record, setting it via a workflow to send basically uh, for people that are in another list. So more on that, but that's the HubSpot gotcha of the week. I don't know why it's not easier or maybe it's easy and I just don't realize it. So the gotcha is I couldn't find it. More on that in a future episode. All right, Craig, on to our marketing tip of the week, and this is the PS lines in emails. Well, just a reminder that this is kind of one of those well-known, I won't call it a growth hack or a, anything, but it's just the PS line in those emails. You send out a campaign, everyone knows, they go to the bottom, and then PS, have you seen our XXX or have you this? Fill out a survey. It's very powerful. People often click that. We've looked at those heat map overlays where people click. Often they'll skim through a whole meme email and the only thing they click is the PS line. So just a reminder, don't ignore the PS in your email campaigns. All right, Craig, and on to our insight of the week. Marketing is like martial arts. I'll tell you how this came up. Chatting with a client, they've got uh, outside consultant and other marketing agencies involved. And we are the main marketing agency for this client, but they've been involved with some government grants and government local business things who have then brought in other agencies. So there's a bunch of marketing agencies involved. And I've then been in calls with these other marketing agencies and we're all kind of advising our client, the CEO of our client. And it occurred to me there's kind of friction and it's not like competitive friction because these other people are just on a set thing. It's not like they're going to bump us out or we're bumping that out or anything. But it's just, actually, it's not friction, it's inefficiency. And it occurred to me that because I was like, why are we, why is this getting inefficient? Why are we not getting things done? It occurred to me it's like martial arts. And and fun fact, I think, you know, Ian, I did martial arts for 30 years. I, I did karate. And It wasn't until I was, shall we say, at a certain level of proficiency that I then started incorporating other martial arts styles. Because when you're a beginner, you just got to stick with one style. It occurred to me here, this CEO is trying to learn a whole bunch of different martial arts styles as a beginner all at once. Each marketing agency has their own way of doing it, their own martial art, if you like. So he's ended up with the big ready-to-rumble mixed martial arts extravaganza, and he's a beginner, doesn't know what to do. And it's like, not like either is right or wrong. It's not like one martial art is right, you know, karate is better than judo, or but they're, they're all good. It's just that you can't learn them all at once. I thought that was a nice, interesting parallel. Analogy. Analogy. I don't know if it works. I've flogged it too hard there. But I think it was a good insight when I explained to the client, you're trying to learn too many things at once. Just find one, stick with it, get really good at it. Then you can expand to include other styles. I couldn't agree more, Craig. All right, listeners, on to our app of the week. And this is a 3D book cover creator in CSS. So... Craig was showing me this and I got excited. So we'll put the link in the show notes. It's really cool. Put a image of your potential ebook or book and you can create a really nice looking book that will even have some sort of interactivity with you that you can stick on the site and you can essentially cut the code and stick it on your page. 
All right, on to our quote of the week, listeners, and this quote is from Larry Bird, and this ties in very well with your previous point, Craig. It says, first, master the fundamentals. And how funny was that? I've stuck that quote in before you actually put that other marketing tip. Perfect. All right, listeners, we've got some bonus links, which are in the show notes on work challenges that Microsoft has written, and it's well worth the read, and we'll probably discuss that in another episode. Please follow us on the socials comment on our posts on LinkedIn. Please connect with Craig and myself on LinkedIn and tell us that you listen to the show. We love to hear from you guys. And thank you to those who have connected with us over the last week. We appreciate that. If we can help you in any way with anything HubSpot marketing strategy, you need a portal review, even with ads, because it's very inboundy, Craig, we can help you. And don't feel afraid to reach out to us and ask us any questions. And we love hearing from you. Any questions that you have and you would like us to feature on the show, please, like I said, record them and send the voice note via email. We'd love to hear from you. Well, listeners, until next week, catch you later, Craig. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there. Thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. To get the latest show notes, HubSpot tips and marketing resources, sign up at HubShots.com. You can also book time with us to help you grow better with HubSpot.